Hello and welcome to Brits on Flicks, your monthly movie podcast where we discuss, deliberate and dissect a movie of our choosing. Last month, Brian had the five options and from that, I chose Phenomena. Brian, this is a first time watch for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, de- it definitely was. And um, well, I, I suppose we can talk a little bit about our knowledge of the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, um, well, m- my knowledge of Dario Argento is very limited, um, but it, it is a bit of a uh, sore spot from the past, shall we say? Um, it is. When in the days when we used to go and rent videos, uh, and I I was a a young boy, um, around about the age of ten, uh, like we'd we'd take it in turns. My family would take it in turns, so you know you'd get to choose. Uh, so depending on where you were in the roster, you'd get to choose. So you go video shop. My my choice, my choice, and. Uh, what this one actually wasn't my choice. It was my dad's, and we ribbed him for it for goodness knows how long. But we all we all had a film, you know. If if you look back to our childhood, there was there was that one film that remember that time you picked that one, and we and we really ribbed you for it for ages because it was the crappiest film we'd ever seen. For me, it was Robo Jocks. I picked Robo Jocks, and no one would let me hear the end of it for ages. Um, but uh, my dad chose. Trauma, which is a Dario Argento film, um, and I think we got about ten minutes into it, um, and it was just, yeah. If, I I think if you don't know anything about Dario Argento, about the way he shoots his films, about the fact that he's even a you know, a foreign film, I, I like you know you, at that age you're not really checking the names on the back of boxes for directors and things, you know. You, you, mm-hmm maybe look at actors and that kind of thing that's about it so you don't know this is going to be a, a filmmaker who is you know not of the english language who who does these crazy ass horror films that are full of blood and guts and yeah you know as a 10 year old boy your dad brings that home hey let's watch this sounds good on the back <laughs> So yeah, my mum wasn't too impressed, and and we ribbed our dad for ages. But I just I remember those those ten fifteen minutes, however long it was that we watched, just being excruciatingly bad. Um, and since then, I've never really touched a Dario Argento film. Uh, so mm. so yeah, this is this is pretty much my. Uh, my baptism, really, because because it's the first mm-hmm. time I've seen a Dario Argento film from start to finish. Um, right. Um, just just quickly, what what was some of the other movies that people got ripped for in picking? <laughs> so my brother Mike, it was The Water Boy. Right. Um, and my brother Paul, I can't remember the title of the film but it had a lot of gay stuff in there so you know as as, uh, as as young boys you know not not the most cultured of kids uh yeah hmm. I, I think yeah so yeah, i've got to say i've, I've found memories of robo jokes and, and <laughs> oh no just one star films if ever um, well, for me, Dario Argento is a name that's always been there. It's always been lauded as a big 
horror filmmaker. Um, before I knew his name, I had seen Suspiria back in the early 90s. And as much as I liked it, I found it extremely weird and it wasn't something I, I connected with. And the more I got into horror, the more I kept hearing his name. And it was harder to get your hands on those type of movies back then. So I didn't really watch any of his movies. And now there seems to be such a big build-up about this this director that it's almost putting him on a pedestal that I doubt he'll be able to hold up to. You know, he's, he's lauded that much. So mm-hmm. I haven't really went back to revisit everything. I have picked up a couple of his movies that I, I do want to check out, especially like... Um, I want to see Suspiria again, so I've, I've picked that up, like some of these bigger ones, but I do know that he is one of these directors that there is a lot of people that will just praise everything that he's done, but if you stand back and look at the big picture, there is just as much rubbish as there is goth. good movies. Yeah, goth, yes. you might say. <laughs> um, so with that, we move into Phenomena. Brian, do you have a synopsis that you've maybe... Cribbed, yeah. yeah, stolen, yeah, okay. A young girl with an amazing ability to communicate with insects is transferred to an exclusive Swiss boarding school where her unusual capability might help solving a string of murders. But can the murderer overcome this phenomena? (laughs) I was curious how you were going to fit this one in. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll just say right off off the bat, Brian, I've got a a fair few things that I want to talk about I, I don't even know if I want to talk about maybe just acknowledge that we both <laughs> saw them <laughs> it's kind of like am I seeing that am I is that literally yeah. happening in front of me right now uh, yeah yeah um, I, I don't I don't even know where to start um, <laughs> let's go for for the for the music by Goblin oh man now you know you know I love me some 80s synth music. Hmm. And by that I mean, you know I hate 80s synth music. <laughs> I think uh, we have the pinnacle here, Brian. Uh, yeah, this, the, the score for this film is bloody terrible. Like, excruciatingly terrible. Um, but in the most amusing way. Like, the, there are times... When, when I literally burst into tears with laughter. Um, mm. There's one moment where she, she's having this dream and she comes out, it's very kind of, I don't know, the, the images, the visuals are very kind of sedate, dreamlike, you know. And it, it's almost orchestral to start off with. Yeah, yes, almost orchestral to start with. And then it just goes, it gets like cranked up to 11, spinal tap style with this full-on synth. And it's like, it's, it's really rapid as well. The, the music is, is very quick, very vibrant. And, and you're just like, that does not fit this scene at all. Um, it's just like really inappropriate music to have over this scene. So yeah, terrible score, but very amusing. Yeah, I know Goblin, are, I've done a few of his movies and they're regarded uh, quite highly. A lot of people now. Um, I was watching this movie, and, and what it reminded me of is you're watching a movie, and then you've got these really inconsiderate neighbours next door that start <laughs> blasting their kind of music <laughs> because it doesn't fit with the movie no, at all. No, and and I think that creates a kind of 
uneasy when you're watching it because you're seeing these visual images and you know the kind of score that should be going with them. <laughs> and, and it's the complete opposite. It's like somebody's like lost a bet. You know, like it's it's it, it is it is over the top. I don't I don't like it. I think it's it doesn't match the film. Mm. At all. I, I, and I don't know if that's just this. In, I don't know if it's an intentional style because I know there's. They refer when you f- refer to Argento, you refer to Giallo. You know, it's a very particular kind of Italian filmmaking that is just over the top, where everything is just ramped up. The blood, the gore, uh, the, to the to the extent where it becomes very theatrical, very kind of mm. you know. Ex- Expressionistic in many ways, but uh, I, 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 yeah, based based on what I've seen of Giallo so far, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just guess, I'm guessing it's not for me, um, and it's it's not because I have a weak constitution because I've seen violence much worse than what we get in this film, in you know like American made movies where it it goes more for realism, so it's it's not like. I'm not sitting there. Oh, I can't stomach this level of violence. Uh, no, it's just, it's it's just the style. It's the style more than anything. It's it's over the top. It's bonkers, and it yeah, it doesn't really feel like it's been made by someone who's been truly educated in how to make a film. It looks like someone doing their best to be Hitchcock. Um, and 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 that, that that is a little unfair, I will admit, because there are some visuals in this that are pretty stunning. You know, whoever whoever did the cinematography on it has has gotten away with some really good stuff, some really nice lighting at some points, beautiful lighting, I must say, at some points. But it's it th- there's a clash there somewhere along the lines. The director doesn't quite know what piece of the puzzle should go with what other piece of the puzzle. And it's like he's kind of trying to cram two different puzzles together to make a different picture, so... Yeah, yeah. I've seen a few gels and they're all kind of bonkers in their own way. Mm-hmm. And, and they tend to fall into two camps. So you have the, the first where you won't get any clues as to who the murderer is. And, and after the reveal of who the murderer is, you'll get a backstory as to why they've done what they've done which is where phenomena falls into, or the other camp will be they'll reveal a colour and give no reason, and it doesn't make sense at all as to why that person's doing what they're doing. It just seems completely crazy, um, which is, I was kind of worried that's the way it was going to go here mm. as well. I want to talk about a character who, personally, I feel is maligned a little bit in this movie and someone I would like to spend a lot more time with and that is the chimpanzee, um, <laughs> because <laughs> because for me, there's a specific moment in the movie where it changes and it became something that I was eager to talk about because there's a moment where Donald Pleasance is attacked in his house, and the monkey's out. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey's out fighting a kid. Now, <laughs> that image alone was just something I had to rewind back and go, did I see that? Did I see a monkey flying a kite? Did you see that part, Brian? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, I wasn't dreaming of it. And then he, he knows that somebody's in the house and he tries to break in. Donald Pleasance gets murdered and he, the, the city, monkey's all sad and goes, look, 
like long sad walks through <laughs> forests <laughs> and, and just happens to look looking for food and sustenance in a bin and discovers a switchblade <laughs> and, it, oh, and I'm forgetting the car chase where the chimpanzee chases after the killer lands in the car and, and it's just I'm like is this really happening is this is this movie this isn't a dream sequence this is really honest to goodness happening in this movie and then the, the monkey's forgotten about yeah. until the last scene where it appears with that blade again. <laughs> From nowhere. Like, she's literally, like, driven halfway across country. She's like, there's no way that... that it's just... I'm, I'm sat there, I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? What, what are we watching right now? Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> but, but tell me. Are you not curious what's what the monkey's been up to between getting that blade to get to the end of the movie? <laughs> I, I'm 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 literally speechless. I've got no words for it. it it's it's like connective tissue. We don't need it. We don't need connective tissue. We we've got a scene that we want to see on screen, so we're going to put it on screen, and we're going to put it in the best order that we can. So that it makes some kind of sense. But we don't care if we can't connect the dots. We don't care if we can't connect that scene with that scene. It'll it'll play, people will make their own mind up. And it's just it's just bonkers. It mm-hmm. is. It's like like I say, it's just it looks beautiful in parts, but it's 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 too bonkers to be called good. Um entertaining. Definitely entertaining, but not for the right reasons. Definitely not for the right reasons. Um, it, yeah, a bit, a bit Miss Connolly herself. What do you think of her? Oh movie? man, right. Well, I'll give I'll give her some credit because, like, when I when I was watching this, uh, like, this is her second film, is it? I think she did uh, Once Upon a Time in the West before this. Uh, no, Once Upon a Time in America before this, and then, and then this was her kind of debut really um yeah yeah i mean like i don't know if you've seen the special features but argento seemed to have this creepy fascination with getting young girls into his movies the way he talks about it like i yeah i want to watch i think um <laughs> uh, but uh yeah he, uh not good it's her performance, is what I would say here. Like, like I say, give the benefit of the doubt, it is only her second performance. Um, she is young in this. She was 14, mm. apparently, when she did this. Mm. She doesn't look 14. She looks like she could get away with 16, maybe 17. But, yeah, apparently she was 14. Um, so, mm, bit of naivety there. Mm, judging from what this script was, Probably a bit of cluelessness as well. Like I, I feel like maybe she didn't understand what the hell she was in, because I being a big name director as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That opportunity, you know, to to work with someone who is acclaimed. I think at that age, you're not going to understand why they're acclaimed. You just know they are. So yeah, why not? I'll be a part of this machine. But I I doubt very much that she understood what she was getting into or anything like that. Um, and I think that's fairly clear by the fact that even on this Arrow release, there isn't a sign of Jennifer Connelly anywhere. 
um, in the in the special features or anything. So, um, yeah, not a good performance. But again, I think that could be down to just not knowing what she was doing, and and just yeah, being in this crazy bonkers environment and film. Mm-hmm. Um, I will credit her gusto, so to speak, because there's a few scenes towards the end where she has to get quite mucky, quite dirty, quite yeah disgusting mm. and 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 that's her doing all that stuff um you know apparently she yeah threw herself into it and did it again and again and was happy to do so so yeah wow. commitment there even at an early age mm. and it, it does keep the city gore to the minimum you, you mm. tend to see the usual thing in these movies a sharp object going into somebody but you don't really see too much gore but when it gets to that final 10-15 minutes it really does kind of ramp things up a good bit mm. um, with the detective who who's a character that seems to come and go yeah. throughout the movie you know it feels as if there's, there's lots of characters that disappear for large chunks of time mm. um, and, and before I forget let's go into Donald Pleasance who I didn't know he was in this movie um, until I started it no I didn't no. at all um, not only did I not know he was in this movie but I certainly wasn't expecting him to pull a uh, Scottish accent out of his hat, and I think it's debatable <laughs> as to whether he does. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I messaged you halfway through when he mm-hmm. says he's Scottish. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm going like, what the heck accent is that? Is it hung- Hungarian? Is it some Eastern European? And he says, I'm Scottish, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and after that, I could hear certain twangs in the word that do seem a bit familiar, but it was uh, it was ropey. It was dirty. Yeah. It was dirty. <laughs> it, it was just it was just bad. It was just just bad, and, and he feels as if he's kind of capped in the exposition at times as well. Yeah, big time. Um, um, with all the all the bugs and and mm. things like that, which. Uh, was just another weird aspect to this movie. It's, it's like a supernatural element that doesn't need to be there. But I, I feel like Dario Argento drafted him in to be Loomis mm. and Pleasance was kind of like, I'm not going to be Loomis, so mm. I'm going, I need to do something different and then threw in a Scottish accent um, or an attempt at one. Um, just to try and separate this character as much as possible from Loomis, from being that. Because that's all Loomis was, really, at the end of the day. Mm. It was Basil Exposition. Every line of dialogue that comes out of his mouth is exposition, and and that's the same here. And he is that character, the one who kind of builds the the aura, I guess, of of the lead character, of the main protagonist or antagonist, depending on... Mm -hmm where he's yeah. coming from so yeah, and, and, and we get the final reveal of who the colour is and I'm still unsure as to whether it was the boy or whether <laughs> it was the mother uh, yeah I'm pretty certain it was the mother right but, but uh, like the, the boy totally left field <laughs> totally out of left field like what the hell like it, it, yeah, it's just it's 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 
it reminds me of Friday the 13th um, mm. in the sense that it, it's just, you know, it's just a stark and slash thing. And then literally in the last reel, in the last 10 minutes, the killer is revealed, their motive is revealed, even the, the, the crazy child that she was so vengeful for is revealed when he comes up out of the boat. Um, yeah, I, I feel like in many ways this film is ripping off those American slasher movies of the early 80s, late 70s, and kind of doing its own thing within the context of Giallo. <laughs> I feel as if he's kind of ripping off Suspiria as well because that's about a, a girl that goes to a boarding school mm. um, and, and things happen there and then you have the... When, the... when you see the young child in the corner of the room, I was thinking, don't look now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It, it, that scene and then obviously Friday the 13th, the, uh, the, the boat monkey shines as well with the, the, the chimpanzee. It, just, it seems to be lots of different movies like he's mm. seen things and just went oh I want, you, I want to put that in my next movie I, yeah. I want to put that in my next and just kind of threw together something it doesn't feel natural no you know there, there's lots of disconnections between different parts of the movie mm. um, but, but that being said I still enjoyed watching this because it was so mental yeah definitely yeah. do you know there is a there is a, an American cut Brian it takes 30 minutes out of the movie and it's called Creepers. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's hard to imagine what they would take out. Or, or that, that, that's genuine, is it? Yes, yeah. Right, oh man. The, the set I've got actually has Creepers included. Was it? Well, this, this was pretty long, wasn't it? It was like two hours. And there were 56. Yeah, it was, it was a good two hours. So, yeah, I... Hmm. I'd be interested in seeing that cut, actually. Yeah, yeah. If I had more time, I would have watched it before this, mm. but I'll definitely check it out to see how it compares. Because there's a lot of stuff in the classrooms that just feels like padding. Mm. Just It just, like... It doesn't go anywhere, you know? Like, mm -hmm. this, this group of girls who are kind of bullying her and stuff, and... It's like a bad drama acting. Mm, really bad drama acting, yeah. Uh, apart, uh, uh, there was, uh, one scene was really annoying me when they're all making bug sounds because apparently one girl reads a letter and that's the first that everybody in that room's heard of it but everybody else in the school seems to know about the bug thing. <laughs> and then they'll start making the bug noises. And then she just kind of stops the lighting changes which I really like that scene. Mm. Where it changes, and then she's just like, I love you all. And then the bugs are just all in the windows. Mm. I kind of like that, but yeah. there wasn't enough of that. Like the, the, the first sleepwalking scene was just crazy as well. You know, like she ends up on top of the yeah, because because kind of like in her mind she's at one location, but in reality she's at another. And I feel like that's from something else I've seen as well. Maybe like a nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare on Elm Street. Of course it is. Yeah, part three. Three. Yeah, mm -hmm. Dream Warriors with the puppet. Yeah, yeah. So. Again, it's just it's just it, it literally is an amalgamation of all these eighties American horror slasher movies. Um but yeah. I, 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 just, I don't know what to say. For me it does it just doesn't work. Um I I wouldn't say I wasn't entertained at parts, but for me it, it gets entertaining when it goes truly off the rails, when it's when it's just mm. been absolutely bonkers. With a bit of kind of 
bit of a Brian De Palma vibe about it as well. But basically, this this guy seems to me like Brian De Palma without the talent of storytelling. You know, like Brian De Palma is everyone pretty much knows he rips off Hitchcock. But the thing that kind of makes him a good director and not just a hack is that he he knows how to rip off Hitchcock. He does it in a way that tells us he knows how to tell a story, whereas mm. this guy doesn't. And he you know he gets the same kind of acclaim, if not more so, than what De Palma gets. Um, but he doesn't know how to tell a story, from mm. from what I've seen. Admittedly. You know, my experience is limited. So, yeah. I think it's fair to say, on both our fronts, we're both kind of limited. I'm looking at this as, as this is a director that I would be really curious to see other things of because I think if he manages to hit all the right notes, Mm. I think he's going to create something that's wholly unique, Mm. wholly original and just different from everything else in the pack. But but, but for me, that doesn't mean talented. That means lucky. That that means for whatever reason the stars have aligned, and you know, like the talent is when you can do that again and again and again. Mm. You know, I I can count at least five, six, seven movies by De Palma that I would say are really good, if not great movies. Mm. Um, that and that that's that's because he's got talent. He 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 knows think, what he's doing. I, I think uh, I think Argento has a good. 18, 19 movies and yeah. I think there, there, is a, there is a good six of them that are regarded as really good movies mm. Isn't this supposed to be one of them though? Uh, yeah, I was having a quick look at this and it is um, 76% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, 7 or out of 10 on IMDb That's way over over, yeah just over <laughs> Okay, is there anything else in particular you want to talk about in Phenomena? Um, man. And, and just makeup effects, I guess. Makeup and special effects, I will mm. say, are pretty, pretty decent. Um, pretty disgusting, particularly the face on that boy at the end. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. And the pool? The pool? Of decomposing. Bodies. Oh yes, yes, yeah. That's pretty disgusting. Um, mm. The it, interesting story that I picked up again from the Arrow release um, was the so the scene with the flies, um, mm. the scene you talked about where they all come on the window and that. Um, they they had to breed them. They had to, they, so in the studio where they where they were. In order to get enough flies, they had to breed them. So they put stuff in there, like food, banana peels, things like that, let it all go off and and ramped up the heat so that all these flies would just breed overnight. Um, And, uh, yeah, they came back the next day and this whole warehouse was just blitzed with flies, which was great for the scene. So they had all the flies they needed for the scene. But then they didn't know what to do with them afterwards. Um, so what they did do is just open the warehouse doors and let these flies out. Um, now, apparently there are, there are certain rules and regulations that you have to do when, when you're 
you know, when you're making films with regards to animals and, and insects, things like that, proper ways of disposing of them and stuff. But they would have cost money, so because they didn't have that money because their budget is really low. They just opened these doors, let all the flies escape, and denied all knowledge. But uh, there was loads of stories of, like, flies just, yeah, taking over this village and stuff, and it was because of them, so... <laughs> that's quite amusing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's about it, really. But, the, the, you know, the, I I commend their kind of spirit i guess in in going to to such lengths to get the footage that they wanted i just wish it was in a film that made any kind of sense from a narrative standpoint wrap-ups yeah i think that probably was my wrap-up i'm going to give this a two out of five uh like i say if you if you if you've got a few mates with you and they're up for seeing some kind of bonkers horror, and you've got, you know, some beers or whatever, which I'm painting a picture there of someone who ain't me. So this ain't a film for me. But if you are that person who wants to have a few beers with some mates, get together and watch a bonkers horror, then this film is for you. It ain't for me. Two out of five. Okay. Um, I, I didn't really know too much about this, putting it on, and I found it. Odd to start off with. Um, certain things started to happen that made me really curious as to what was going to come next. Not because the story was outstanding, but because it was just unusual and wacky. And I liked it because of that. It's not a great movie. I think there's a lot in here. And I don't think a lot of it is, is built properly through connective tissue throughout the movie. But I think there's a lot in here. And I think I'd be really interested in seeing that Creeper's Cut. Mm. Um, just to see what it's like with the 30 minutes taken out to see if it tightens everything up and loses some of the wackier elements the thing is you're taking out even more joins yeah, is the way I see yeah, it Like we're, we're watching it thinking this needs some more connective tissue <laughs> so what? how's it going to look when they take more of that tissue out um, yeah I'm still really curious uh, for me I think I'd probably give Phenomena two and a half out of five, but, but it's not enough to put me off Argento or off seeing a, another cut of this movie, or maybe even watching it again, I could see me watching it again um, maybe not with mates because, you know, I, I'm antisocial <laughs> maybe not with multiple beers but maybe a beer um, um, I could see me checking yeah, it out I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in checking out Suspiria, that seems to be the one, that seems to be the Argento gold standard that everybody, you know like if, if you're going to you're gonna see an Argento film that seems to be the one that people mm. talk up most. So I'm I'm not I'm not totally out yet. I'm willing to I'd be willing to sit through Suspiria, but man, if if that doesn't get much better than this, then I'm afraid Argento ain't my guy. I've got a couple more sitting there to watch. I've got um, the bird with the crystal plumage. I have uh, the cat on nine tails, and four flies on grey velvet. Because the titles are awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, Brian, you chose, and, and I want to make sure this is all on you, you chose the top five for this episode. I which did, is, which is top five Jennifer Connolly films. And there's a very you. specific reason I say films and not performances. 
this. But I'll let you handle that. She's what a a a, a cipher. Yeah, she's a, a person who's chameleonic, not because she can go into any character, but because I can't remember a single character <laughs> she portrays <laughs> in any movie. Uh, bar one. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's because the movie's ingrained in me, but looking at her list, I remembered all the movies. I do not remember her mm. at all. Yeah. Um, and one of my movies, she, I would say she's the co-lead, and I didn't know she was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, who wants to go first on this one? Right, I'll let you go first. Go okay, on. number five for me is The Rocketeer. Okay. Um, it's a fun movie. I love Billy Campbell as The Rocketeer. Timothy Dalton is the bad guy. Jennifer Connelly is somebody. The movie just sips along. It was a really fun uh, 30s set adventure movie mm. starring Billy Campbell, mm. Timothy Dalton, and apparently Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, pretty much what you said. My, like, I, Rocketeer doesn't make my top five, but yeah, this this is an actress who gets a lot of acclaim. You know, like mm. you look at a lot of film boards and stuff. Like people will say, "Yeah, Jennifer Connelly, awesome actress, fantastic." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I guess so." And then I look at her career, and I'm like, "Just like you." I don't remember her in that. That is a good film, but I, I have n- not because of her. Um, you know, I, I, she seems to. She seems to play the supporting player far too often, mm. and yeah, and that's it really. Um, she's very good at crying. She she does a lot of very depressing kind of crying type roles, but. Mm, yeah. Mm. Anyway, my number five is a beautiful mind. Um, again, she's a supporting player. She plays the wife. It's it's not that she's bad. I wouldn't say she was a bad actress, but I feel like her reputation is is you know belongs to someone else. I guess. Well, uh, did she not win the Oscar for that? I think she did, yeah. Um, she got the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for that. Um, like I say, she's good in it. Uh, she does deliver a good performance. I'm in no way saying she's bad. But... Yeah. yeah. Best of the year? I don't know. Um, my number four is Dark City. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Alex Cruz, starring mm-hmm. Rufus Sewell, Kiefer Sutherland... Yeah. Jennifer Connelly, <laughs> um, visually stylish mover, great, uh, mm. movie, great performances, very uh, well shot. It's a movie that I really want to go back to. Mm. Can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I I do remember her in this, but it, it she she's very dour in it. Mm. You know, she plays the the guy the, the 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 girl that this guy kind of remembers. Um, mm-hmm. Like she's, you know, she's the the love interest basically, but she's she's very, yeah, just dour, depressive, very uh, oppressed. I guess that she gives that feeling of, you know, and that's because of the world that she's in. It's it's it, you know, it's suitable for the world that Proyas has created in that film. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, 
Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> my number four is Hulk, a film that I find to be much derided, but I actually really like. Um, I think the weakest part of it is maybe the the the, the, the very end, like the last five minutes, um, when when Hulk has a fight with the uh, whatever Nick Nolte's character becomes, but it kind of goes into the clouds. Yeah, it goes into the clouds, becomes this weird kind of surreal moment. Um, that for me is probably the weakest part of the film, but everything else in it I really like. Uh, I think it's a very good comic book movie uh, that takes the subject matter quite seriously, but still allows for crazy comic book style stuff. And I really like Eric Vanner as Bruce Banner. Um, mm. So, yeah, and, and I'm a huge fan of Ang Lee. Don't think he's put much of a foot wrong in his career, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hulk would have been my number six. Mm. Just missed out. Um, number three for me is Noah. Mm-hmm. I think she was Noah's wife. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Russell Crowe directed by Darren Aronofsky. I remember Emma Watson in the movie. Mm. Um, cannot remember her yeah. at all yeah. Mm. I, I'm, I, yeah I'm right there with you Yeah, I, re- I remember other supporting players more than I do her in the film um, yeah. Noah was my number 9 I, out of the 18 Jennifer Connelly films that I've seen uh, Noah was at my number 9 uh, it's a film that I would say is a terrible biblical movie but is a really great fantasy film um, but yeah my number three is Blood Diamond, directed by Ed Zwick, a director that I've got a lot of respect for. Many of his films appear amongst my favourites, particularly Last Samurai. But yeah, this is a really good film. She plays a reporter. She gets a few scenes with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, she, uh, I, yeah, a few talky scenes. Um, I, yeah, again, I don't really remember. I remember... DiCaprio, the performance he gives, I remember what, um, is it Jimmu Husu? I, I have no idea how he pronounces his name. I always say Demond Husu. Demond Husu, <laughs> right. Um, really good actor. I remember his performance in it, really like heart-rending moments in it. Mm-hmm. Cannot remember anything that Connolly does in this other than tell, tell off uh, DiCaprio's character at one point. Um, going well. Uh, my number two is Blood Diamond. Terrific movie. I remember so many things about this movie from uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character to, to Damon Houston, whatever his name yeah. is, character. He's, he's awesome. So many touching scenes, action scenes and to be honest, if you hadn't said she was a reporter, I could never have told you that. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I only terrific. remember that because on the back of the DVD cover, she's there with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> My number two, uh, what I consider to be a really terrific movie as well, is Dark City. Like you know, I've already mentioned it. I think it's Alex Proyas's second best film after The Crow. Really great sci-fi film. Um, 
out the same year as the Matrix, well, a year before the Matrix, in fact, um, but has, has very similar themes, you know, a guy who wakes up, realises he's in a world that's been fabricated, uh, that isn't isn't the real world, and kind of, yeah, becomes the one to wake everyone else up. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, yeah, very similar in theme, but completely different in style and execution, um, but, mm. yeah all the better for it not I, I don't mean all the better than the matrix i i would still say the matrix matrix is the better film but um it's definitely it's it's good that you know to have something that can be very similar but also completely different uh, but yeah I, I love dark city very good mm. film um though not not a film to put you in um you know a high spirits shall we say <laughs> it's uh e even though it has a happy ending it's it's still a bit of a downer movie um mm. but yeah jennifer connell is in it apparently yeah um my number one and i don't think this will come as a surprise is labyrinth um i think people our age you'll either go for labyrinth or the dark crystal you strike me as a dark crystal i man, am a right? dark crystal man um i like the, the princess story of labyrinth <laughs> Because um, <laughs> deep inside, just, you're just a little girl, just, little I'm teenage girl. Princess too, right? to <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I love this this music and the catchy songs with David Bowie, the, the, the Jim Henson puppets, mm. uh, the storyline. Watching it now, it, it's obviously not as good as it once was, and it's mm. definitely a movie that holds a, a place in my heart. But it's not something I'll go to to watch mm. uh, anytime soon. But I love the songs, I love the characters, I love the adventure, I love the, the story behind it. Um, and like I say, it's it's not one that I would go to now. I think I watched it a few years ago and I found it rather overlong with not a lot happening. But um, in my memory banks, it, it how, and in my heart, it's got, it's got a soft spot for it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't crack my top ten. Um, it is actually my number eleven. But it is the last film on her list of films that I would say is a good film. Um, so, so that's you know that's, that's some good going. There's eleven films mm. there that I would say are ranging from good to downright brilliant. Um, it's just not necessarily because of her. Um, one film that I will say she is great in is my number one. Um, I remember. Would you it. say she's unforgettable? <laughs> <laughs> I would say she's very good in it, um, but she is still outshined by the the other actors that are in it, like Kate Winslet um, and particularly Jackie Earl Haley as well. The film is Little Children, and if you haven't seen this film, I strongly recommend you watching it. It is, I think it's is it Todd Haynes uh, or to Todd? Yeah, I think it is Todd Haynes. It might be. I could be wrong. There's there's a, there's Todd Salons, there's Todd Haynes, mm. and there's another one, and I could be getting completely mixed up. But either way, Little Children, great film. It goes to some really dark places, um, but it's, it's, it's a drama. It's a drama about this couple that have an affair, and, yeah, it sees... Yeah, there's other stuff that comes in there that I don't want to spoil, but... Just as 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 far as dramas go, it doesn't get any more hard hitting. Um, phenomenal film, absolutely phenomenal film. She's very good in it. 
Kate Winslet's even better. So. Mm. Okay. Great. So that is our lists. Pretty varied. Mm. Um, but apparently all of them have Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Who does thunk it? Mm. So we're going to move on to, I don't know, our, a fun part of the show. My favourite, I think. Um, where we look at next month's episode. So I have five truncated and reworded synopsis in front of myself. I will give them to Brian one at a time. He will slowly start <coughs> to uh, bin one of them until we are left with a movie, which will be next month's episode. Mm. So, Brian, are you good to go? <sighs> Let's do it. Let's see what treasures I've dug up for this. Number one. A teenage girl becomes the target of a colour when he has stalked and killed one of her classmates. Suspiria. <laughs> Don't make me watch an Argento film for the second These one. are all Dario Argento movies? No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> I would just... Brits on Flicks would be ended if that was... Uh, I'll just say this. There is no Argento movies here. Right, OK. There's no giallos here. OK. <laughs> Number two... A woman is held captive by a scientist in a futuristic smart house and hopes to escape by reasoning with the artificial intelligence that controls the house. Hmm. Number three. Two lifelong friends head up to an isolated Scottish Highlands village for a weekend hunting trip. Nothing can prepare them for what follows. Number four. Two brothers return to the cult they fled years ago to discover the group's beliefs may be more sane than they once thought. And number five. After moving to a new town, two brothers discover their relationship strained as they fall in with different groups. I will put my money on you having seen two of these movies. And three you've probably never heard of. Well, number two sounds like Demon Seed. Um, and if not Demon Seed, then there is a new film out at the moment. It's playing on Netflix. Uh, sounds a bit like that as well, but... I do like sci-fi. Um, there is two science fiction movies here. Mm. See, one one of those sounds like John dies at the end too, or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh man! Read one out again. A teenage girl becomes the target of a color. Who has stalked and killed one of her classmates? I'm going to get rid of that because it sounds like, um, yeah, just a, too slashery, and we've had enough of those recently. I think so. Okay, you've got rid of <coughs> 1996 Scream. Yeah. Okay. That's one of the ones I'm pretty sure you'd see. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I, I could review that with you right now. I wouldn't even need to watch it again. I'd seen it that many times. Um, it was the first film I ever went to the cinema to see three times. So, yeah. Um, right. Okay. I'll keep number two on hold for now. Number th three and number four, read them out. Okay. 
Two lifelong friends head up to an isolated Scottish Highlands village for a weekend hunting trip. Nothing can prepare them for what follows. Get rid of that. And Get rid of that. Yeah. Okay, you've got rid of Calibre. Never heard of it. It's, it came out in the past month or two. It's a Netflix movie. Uh-huh. Apparently it's getting fairly good reviews. Okay. Number four. Uh, two brothers return to the cult they fled from years ago to discover that the group's beliefs may be more sane than they first thought. Sounds interesting as well. That's clearly the other sci-fi one. Um, <clears throat> see, I don't know if I want to go sci-fi horror or just just a straight-up drama. Number five sounds like a drama. Read number five to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to compose myself, Brian. Uh, <clears throat> After moving to a new town... Two brothers discover their relationship strained as they fall in with different groups. Oh, that could be the sci-fi one, couldn't it? Oh, man. These, some of these sound really familiar. It's all, it's all about two brothers going somewhere and doing this and that. Get rid of the yeah. cult one. Get rid of the cult one. <sighs> okay. You have got rid of uh, 2018's The Endless. This is about two brothers who fled from a UFO cult right. and returned back for a day that's getting rave reviews. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So we've got possibly Demon Seed with um, something that sounds like walking tall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's tricky. What am I in the mood for? That's the question. Mm. Uh, I think um, five's difficult, Brian. Uh, and if two is difficult as well. <laughs> Get rid of five. Get rid of five. Okay, you have got rid of 1987's The Lost Boys. Oh, right. I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. As I said, I kind of reworded that synopsis yeah. and took out the fact that it's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, we, we did a commentary for that um, just over a year ago, I think, something like that. I've, I'm, right. Yeah, I'm acquainted with yeah. it now, I think. I, I'm, I'm really, for some reason, I really want to go and revisit it. This is one of those movies from my mm. youth that um, I watched so many times, I burnt a tape out Yeah, yeah. VHS and I had to go and buy a second copy. I watched it that many times and ridiculous. Yeah, we we did. Me and my brothers did. Um, so you have been left with the Netflix movie Tau, or Tau. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. So de- it was yeah. either Demon Seed or if it was modern, it was going to be Tau. I saw a trailer now, for it just the other day. Uh, Netflix movies, they give me the fear because <laughs> <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get, and and this one really piqued my attention because it's got Micah Monroe in the yeah, lead role. Same here. She was the leading uh, at Follows, so I'm, I'm well up for that. And of course... And the guests. My, to- my, my, my list is um, movies, and this is a bit of a, a go-your-own-way on it, movies where somebody is trapped for the majority of the movie. Okay. All right. 
I didn't want to put trap down the house or anything. I would yeah, yeah. open it up and, yeah, yeah. and give us a larger scale to choose from. Okay. Because I'm, I'm not too bad. I had top five set up for everyone. I can tell you that the film starring Alicia Cuthbert, Captivity, won't be on the list. A spoiler. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So there we have it, yeah. Uh, you know what? This this is look, looking forward to this. This is the first day of Brian. That's four movies in the trot. This is first time watches. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's good. Um, like I said, Netflix movies, never know what you're going to get. Mm. Um, hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, I do like sci fi, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does sound a little bit like Demon Seed, but I'm hopeful it's going to be fairly decent. So that's something to discuss on next month's Press on Flicks. We'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. And of course, if you pop over to iTunes and, and give us a little review and hit the five stars, we'd really appreciate that. It allows other people to discover our podcast, which we put a lot of effort into and we genuinely enjoy having these conversations. Sometimes. <laughs> when it's not in our gentle movie. Um, so we'll see you next month on Brits and Flicks. <laughs>